Yeah, continuing SFS podcast number 36 as I'm doing the Pablo Escobar audiobook. I'm just listening to an audiobook right now about the good old gunslinger outlaw from the good old days that ranked number three on the outlaws of the wild, wild west. None other than the hero Jesse James. Um, Billy the Kid was number one, and I don't know who number two was, but this is not what I'm here for. But um, it's a very good story about a bandit uh, that used to rob trains and banks in the Wild West. Um, very good gunslinger. I always liked them Wild West movies um, back in the day. Favourite's got to be um, Shanghai Noon. Now, the, the BT has not been on, so I've been wasting more money on the Vodafone. I just trained for four times training today. Um, so this podcast has been recorded over two days. Last night I was talking about Gas World. Um, I had some, quite a lot of diazepans. Well, I've had some diazepans today. But this is not what I'm here to talk about. You see, my BT, um, antenna is flashing green. I got a pizza in the oven. I just took Hershey out for a 20 minute walk. I've been training my ground and pound game, my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And couple of uh, Jeet Kune Do Wing Chun moves how to get out of an arm grip the back fist I'm very spontaneous at the horizontal punch I'm very spontaneous at the diagonal hook the diagonal straight the Dan Henderson overhand punch I'm practicing a lot on that deadly punch but you gotta understand I'm not trying to be a teacher here but as long as I've been fighting you don't you relax your body and your whole body that's why Bruce Lee was the greatest because how could a five foot seven man send you flying with a sidekick or a one inch punch because your whole body needs to be relaxed. And as your arm and body moves. Right at the end. Is when you're stiff. And your whole power of your whole body. Goes into it. The faster it is. And the more powerful it is. And that's what I've been doing. I've learned. That boxing jab. It's good boxing jab. I would say. Nate Diaz's boxing is great. Uh, I've been trying to study a bit of Nate Diaz's boxing because it's very unorthodox, his boxing. But um, the jabs and the straight jabs and the hooks, um, I think a Jeet Kune Do hook, the hor- uh, diagonals ones, and the diagonal straight are a lot more effective and powerful cause, and faster than the boxing jab 
even though you flick it with the boxing jab, your shoulder and hip, you flick it. It's the same with Jeet Kune Do, but more power's putting into it because your whole body's going into it. And it's more spontaneous as you're pushing right forward. Whole body's going forward with impact. And it's a lot faster and a lot easier to get into an opponent. Especially if you're mixing your hands up like Bruce Lee did. And especially the back fist. Where he does Pak and then the back fist. Like that. Very fast and deadly. So... I think the greatest fighter of all time has got to be Bruce Lee. Um, I don't know how you Bruce Lee haters think he's not. There's videos and everything showing that Bruce Lee is the most fastest, powerfulest fighter of all time. It doesn't matter the size. Even, it's either him or Mike Tyson or Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva learned a lot of his craft from Bruce Lee. He was honoured to uh, train with Dan Inzotto. Inzotto. Um, Bruce Lee's second guy. And there used to be a Jeet Kune Do place in Manchester that I went for a couple of weeks. Who used to be a relative of Dan in Inzontino. That trained um, with Bruce Lee. Always tacky as well it was his main people that he trained with there's a new Bruce Lee film that's out called Birth of the Dragon which is bullshit it's actually WWE films it says on the start of it for some odd reason but um, it's um, really um, it's about this fight that he had in, against this Charlene guy in um, San Francisco before he went to make movies. And who won? And it was like a draw or something. But it was just a part Bruce Lee film. So I recommend you not watch that. Till you make a proper Bruce Lee film. I recommend you watch the series. That's pretty decent. It's on Netflix called The Legend of Bruce Lee. I'm the most diehard Bruce Lee fan. There is more than even a Tupac fan. Where Bruce Lee is my favourite person I've ever looked up to. His philosophy. Not just his martial arts. His philosophy. His way of life. You know. Not teaching you to be perfect. He doesn't say you've got to live this way. He just gives you the seeds. And then you live your own way the way you live and I'm no one to be telling anyone that because I'm a complete I'm you know if you know me I'm far from living a being um, water at the moment I have my times and I try to be like water um, just be flexible like water but it's very hard to say one day you're not going to get angry or, you know, today I'm not going to get angry or today I'm not going to get stressed. You know, there's going to be a point in the day where you do. And probably it might be a couple of times, might be just once or twice. There's very rarely a day goes by where that doesn't happen. Um, it, but 
obviously the more I listen to philosophy, meditation and Bruce Lee, the more I understand that this ain't this ain't forever. It's only gonna last maybe a couple of minutes or you know an hour or so you know and then calm down and then I'll be back to normal again. But obviously saying that anger and stress and um going through really hard times which I've been through motivates you to do better. Motivates you brings that beast out of you brings the best out of you someone's challenging you someone's pushing your buttons the site is pushing your buttons or you're even pushing your own buttons and you're making mistakes and you're down or something bad happens or and you, and you need to fix it the best comes out of you you know you can use your anger it's not only to do something stupid, sometimes you will, but to elevate yourself, like that task that you do, that gives you a wake up call, yeah this is happening, I'm angry, I need to fucking do this now, and it gives you a fucking wake up call, so you do it, so anger can be a good thing sometimes, and sometimes you know, you need you need to get angry, because at the end of the day, man, you can't just sit there and let people fucking take the fucking piss, you know, and bullshit you about, or even, you know, talk down on you. You know, there's certain things that you let go by, but at the end of the day, depending what mood you're in, but at the end of the day, you've got to speak up. And if, if no one's listening to you and you can't get your own way, you know, and... You're fucking just being held down, then you know you get you fucking get angry, and then yeah, you use the anger in a wrong you can wrong way, yeah, and I believe that you know that's what you do. You use the anger to get what you want, and sometimes yeah, you might hurt another person or you might traumatize another person, but at the end of the day. That's what it is. They're hauling you down and there's no way out. It's the last thing. But sometimes it's got to be done. If you want to get anywhere. You've got to tell these people. Nah I'm not taking fucking no as an answer. No it's not bullying. I'm not talking about. Going to someone's house. And uh, demanding. Them to. Like. Getting people to do what you want to do against their own will. I'm talking about society and like wires or insurance or compensation, where you feel like you're being done wrong and people are being unfair or you've been discriminated against. That's when negative anger comes out, and that's alright. Use that anger. Just such part of life. But anger can motivate you in a good way. But it can also motivate you in a sick way. And this is what I'm going to go on about now. As my other part of SFS Podcast for Life. <laughs> Number 36 goes on the top.
hundred guests. No, not gangsters, not fighters. Yeah, okay, I'm going negative again. Even more negative. Serial killers. Now, the top hundred serial killers. And here I go. And this is who's made the list of a hundred, as Chris Jericho would say, is part of the list. Now the hundredth, counting down from a hundred, what scored a hundred in the hundred worst serial killers? I think there's a hundred serial killers in history. I think fucking hell, there's a hundred monsters. These guys ain't monsters, they're just regular people. You wouldn't, most of them you wouldn't suspect. Anyway, let's sort of jibber jabber. Let's get on for it before my pizza gets overcooked. Number 100, David Berkowitz. Date of birth, June 3rd, 1953. He's actually quite a popular serial killer. Um, overrated, I think. The son of Sam. His real name, Richard David Valco. Other alias name, the 44 caliber killer. His characteristic, a neighbor's dog ordered him to kill. That's his motive. Number of victims, six. The date of which his murders happened. In a year span of 1976 to 1977. His date of arrest. August 10th 1977. Murdering method. Shooting. His known victims. Donna Laura 18. Christian Fjord 26. Virginia Volkin Shan, 21. Valentino Sorino, aged 18. Alexander Esola, 20 years old. Stacy Mokowitz, these all sound like Russians, 20. The crime location where he committed him was the Big Apple, New York City. Status Sentenced to free life sentences without parole His first murder happened on Christmas Eve 1975 And his last murder happened on July 31st 1977 His favourite quotes There are other sons out there God help the world A possessed dog in the neighbourhood Won't let me stop killing Until he gets his fill of blood I am a monster I am the son of Sam I love to hunt I always had a fetish for murder and death I have several children Who I'm turning into killers you just wait until they grow up. I didn't want to hurt them. 
I only wanted to kill them. That is a very good analogy. I was literally singing to myself, like singing along on the way home after the killing. Tension, the desire to kill a woman, had built up in such explosive proportions when I finally pulled the trigger of my 44. All the pressures, all the tensions, all the hatred had just vanished. The demons wanted my penis. <sighs> the demons wanted your cock. 99. Paul Kenneth Bernardo. Never heard of him. He's 99 on the list. Date of birth, August 27th, 1964. Alias, nicknames, Paul Jason Teal. The Scarborough Rapist, the Schoolgirl Killer. Characteristic, raped and murder. Number of victims, three. Well, let's see, I think a serial killer must have more than five victims to be really called a serial killer. So putting 99 is quite high in the list. Because there's thousands out there. Date of murders. December 1990 to April 1992. Date of arrest. February 17th, 1993. His murdering method was strangulation and drug poisoning. Known victims. Tammy Molaka. Fifteen, Leslie Mahaffey, fourteen, Christian French, fifteen, crime location, Ontario, Canada, sentenced to twenty-five years, classified as dangerous, so unlikely ever to be released. His first killing was on December 23rd, 1990, and his last killing was on April 16th, 1992, and his arrest was on May 12th, 1992. His trivia, Bernard was once an Armway salesman Bernard scored 35 out of 40 on the psychopathy checklist, has a degree in accounting. While incarcerated, Bernardo wrote and published a book on Amazon in November 2015 called A Mad World Order. It was graphically violent thriller and due to the public complaints, it was removed from Amazon after becoming a best-seller. Not being on other websites, won't it, to read? Number 98 on the list. 